The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Good morning, Springs Church. Welcome to you in the room, and welcome to you online. Welcome once again in the precious and powerful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I wanted to quick say something before we get going here. I think it's something that usually goes without saying, but for that very reason probably needs to be explicitly stated from time to time. Um, And that is, if you are in need of something, please let us know. If you have a need, if you know someone who's in need, if there's someone that we as a church can serve, please talk to us. Uh, That is what we exist for. Uh, to proclaim the gospel in word, in deed, to bear one another's burdens. And so if you have fallen on hard times, if you are in distress, if you are in crisis, if you need prayer, big, small, whatever, please let us know. Uh, We would love to serve you in some way. That's what we're here for. So talk to me, talk to the elders, talk to Ben, Kelly, and, and let us know how we can serve you, how we can serve our community, because This is a challenging time, and God has called us to bear one another's burdens as we walk through this together. So I hope you'll let us know if there's some way that we can serve you in the next days, weeks, months, and years ahead. So that being said, let's go ahead and begin in prayer together this morning. Lord Jesus Christ, we give thanks to you. We lift up and praise your name. You are the reason we are here. You're the reason we are alive, the reason that we have been saved by grace. We praise you, and we ask for the gift of your Holy Spirit to illuminate this text in our hearing. I ask you for the gift of preaching. It's in your powerful name we pray, dear Lord. Amen. I used to despise country music. Sorry, I know there's probably some fans in the room or watching online. I I used to absolutely abhor country music. I vividly remember getting in an argument with one of my good friends in high school about how bad I thought country music was. I just it almost felt like a part of my identity was to not like country music. As strange as that is. But about 10 years ago, something started happening. I started occasionally hearing a song here and there that I would think, well, if this is country, like, I kind of like this. You know, I, I would occasionally hear songs that, that perked up my ears, songs that I would probably call them hyphenated country. And by that, I mean it was country rock or alt country or outlaw country. But I would hear a song here and there over the years that began to soften my heart to where I am today, which is not that I'm a huge fan of country music by any means. I wouldn't say that I love it, but... I am someone who can enjoy the genre. I started to realize that country music is a much bigger tent than, say, Rascal Flats. And so when you think about where I came from with complete antipathy and opposition to country music, to where I am today, that's a pretty drastic change of heart, really. 
And so I think if my younger self, my more militant country-hating self, would quote scripture to me today, he might want to open up our passage this morning. He might want to quote to me Proverbs chapter 4, that famous verse 23 that we're going to spend time with today. He might say, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now, a heart change regarding country music is pretty innocuous, it's pretty mundane, but this verse is quite popular and even a little bit cliche because it's overused. I think we say often, guard your heart. But I think it's so used because there is a vital truth there. This verse is speaking something quite important and that is that everything we do comes out of our heart because our heart is the center of who we are. Our heart is the very center of our inner self. Now, when we talk about the heart today, in 2020, the way we typically talk about the heart is we make it distinct from the head, right? We, we talk about the head and the heart, and the head is where I do my thinking, and the heart is where I do my feeling. The head is rationality and reason, and the heart is passion and emotions. But when the Bible uses the word heart, it's not quite like that. The Bible doesn't divide the head and the heart in quite that same way. When the Bible uses the word heart, it means, yes, passion and emotion, but also folded into that is our understanding, is our reason, what we would call our mind. And so the Bible uses the word heart to really capture this center of our consciousness, right? The center of our inner self. That is what the Bible means when it says the heart. It means the, the seat of our deepest trusts and commitments and loves. And so it's no surprise that the heart, as the center of who we are, drives all that we do, according to Proverbs. In fact, I, I love the way that Timothy Keller puts this. He's got a Proverbs devotional book, actually. And when he gets to chapter 4, verse 23, he says, What the heart most loves and trusts, the mind finds reasonable, the emotions find desirable, and the will finds doable. Okay, if you can pull out your phone and take a picture of that without getting distracted by your phone, I recommend it. Or if you're watching online, you can take a screenshot. Find some way, write this down, capture this quote because there's such richness there. Let me read it one more time. What the heart most loves and trusts, the mind finds reasonable, the emotions find desirable, and the will finds doable. So what you value, love, and trust most deeply drives what you find rational, it drives what you want to do, what's desirable, and it drives what you ultimately wind up doing and even feel you have the power to do starts in the heart, starts with what your heart most loves and trusts. Let me give you an example. Uh, a week ago, this morning, I was on vacation with Lara's family. We were pretty safely sequestered away in a cabin in the Great Smoky Mountains. And we had a lovely time, really, really wonderful trip, good to see them. Um, but 
a week ago today, I did something that some of y'all and much of Lara's family might think is a little bit strange and crazy. I got up after a couple hours of sleep at four in the morning and drove a couple hours round trip to hike three and a half miles round trip to see the sunrise. Now, some of y'all are totally on board with that. Some of you guys are like, yeah, that, that sounds great. Love it. I'll, I'll do it. But others of you guys are like, that's insane. What are you, like, I, I don't find that reasonable. I don't find that desirable in any way. Don't want to do it. Never will do it. Can't pay me. Not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Well, that gets back to the distinctions in our hearts, right? You might not love that sort of thing. I happen to love that so much. And, and y'all might love something deeply that I don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. But that gets back to the difference in what our hearts most love, what we most trust, what we're committed to. Because that's what the mind finds reasonable. That's what our will finds doable and our emotions find desirable. And that's why Proverbs says it's so important to guard it. That's why Proverbs says, above all else, watch over your heart. Everything you do starts there. Above all else. And it's, it's really almost too obvious of a proverb, isn't it? It's almost a little too simple. It's almost like saying, hey, take care of your engine because that's what moves your car. Right? It's, it's almost that simple. It's just watch over your engine because that's what gets your car going. And yet, it's deeply, deeply important. And, and how many of us really give, say, our car engine the care and attention that the center of the vehicle, the thing that really propels it, how, much, how many of us actually give it the care and attention it deserves? I think the same goes for our heart. How many of us actually attend to our heart in the way that Proverbs and the wisdom of God enjoins us? And so the thing that verse 23 is telling us, I think, especially when it says that from your heart flows everything else, I think what it's saying is that the heart is upstream from all else. The heart is upstream. Everything else is downstream from the heart. And so when you are looking for the source of, say, a pollutant in the water, you've got to go far enough upstream. You've got to go to the source. You've got to go to the very heart of it because everything flows down from there. And so that problem in your marriage, that's downstream from your heart's. Right? That sin you keep struggling with, that's downstream from your hearts. That coworker that you can't have the time of day for, that thing your neighbor has that you've been coveting, that existential crisis you're going through, that's all downstream from your heart. And there's absolutely downstream work to be done. We can't neglect the nuts and bolts of the work downstream. We can't just write everything off as that's just a heart issue. But if we don't pay attention to the heart of it, 
the problems continued to flow downstream. Right? And so Proverbs wants to get us back to the source. Right? Because Proverbs says that the heart is upstream from all else. And I think that's what Jesus is saying when in Luke 6, he sounds quite proverbial, right? In, in verse 45, Jesus says, the good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good. And the evil person out of evil treasure produces evil, for it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. So the heart is upstream from all else. But, and here's where it gets a little complicated, even streams are fed by the rain. So the heart is, is upstream. Everything that we do, think, feel, say, believe flows down from our hearts, and yet our hearts are then rained upon, right? Our hearts, the stream of our hearts are fed by the rain, are fed by the snow melt. And so while everything we do flows from our hearts, what we do comes back, what we consume, what we say, what we talk about flows back and feeds into the source itself, and so it's this, this feedback loop, almost, of taking care of our hearts. And just as you can never step in the same stream twice, our hearts are never the same twice. They continue to change. Affections shift. And that's why Proverbs says it's so important to watch over it. And so here's one way I've been watching over my heart um, over the past probably half decade. I posted this little piece of paper in my office. This is called the Wisdom Pyramid. And this is one way I've just kind of tried to watch the wisdom that I've fed into my heart over the years. And so if you are my age or older, you probably learned about nutrition from the food pyramid. I think now they use plates, which actually seems intuitive. But we learned from these wis- these. Uh, food pyramids. And so the bottom would be kind of the base of your diet. That's your fruits and vegetables. You got to have as many of those as you possibly can. And then as you move up, you've got, you know, dairy and poultry and fish and that sort of thing. And you should have some of that. And then you move up further and you've got your fats, which should be a much smaller portion of your diet. And then finally at the very top is the little triangle of sugar. Shouldn't have too much of that. And so that's the rationale behind this wisdom pyramid. The wisdom pyramid is saying, hey, if you want godly wisdom, it starts with the word of God, right? It starts with scripture, our daily bread, right at the bottom every time. That's fundamental. And then we go up and we need the church tradition to read the Bible alongside us, to guide us. We need our local church tradition to support us. We need, moving up a little further, we need nature. We need beauty. We need art, And of course, we need books. I love books. And then we get a little higher and we start to see, you know, we need a little bit less of the internet. We don't quite need that every day. And maybe we need a little triangle of of sugar, which is social media. And so we we all consume wisdom like this, don't we? Of course not. (laughs) I, I mean, if you do props and 
keep doing what you're doing, if this actually looks like the way that you feed your heart with wisdom, that's fantastic. But I have to admit, personally and probably for many of us, the pyramid should be flipped upside down, right? It, it should probably be inverted, that we hopefully get to that little triangle of Bible every day. Hopefully we, we get that little triangle. But every day, we got that staple of the internet. And every day, we've got that staple of our diet, social media. Now, the irony baked into all of this is I actually found the wisdom pyramid on Twitter. So there is some wisdom out there. <laughs> well, of course, there, there's, there's plenty of good. There's plenty that's edifying. There are plenty of important, diverse voices that we need to hear, and the Internet and social media even give us access to that. But I think we've got to admit that so often we get the balance wrong. So often, church, we have flipped the pyramid upside down. And we've, we've sought wisdom for our hearts in the wrong proportions, in the wrong places. That, that too many of us, and I'm preaching to myself here, too many of us have been doom-scrolling ourselves to a depleted trust in the gospel. Too many of us have valued our relationship or been invested in a stranger online that we agree with more than we've been invested in the person two pews over that we disagree with. And so we feed our hearts. And as Trillian Newbell says, she says, if all you do is feed yourself news, news radio, social media, blogs, etc. You will shrivel and die. It will be a slow death. Slowly, affections change. You might remember a few years back, Ben and I preached a sermon series called You Are What You Love. And that entire sermon series really is was driving at this very proverb. If you weren't here, that entire sermon series we spent talking about the heart and the way that the heart guides us and directs us and that what we love becomes who we are. That what we worship shapes our heart's desires and direction. And I think for so many of us, what Proverbs has been trying to say is that if you love, if your heart loves above all else wealth, then your stream is going to be guided towards greed. Right? If what your heart loves above all else is pleasure, then your stream is going to be guided towards lust. Right? If, if what your heart loves above all else, as Ben preached last week, is honor, then your stream is going to be guided towards pride. And so much of the snowmelt, so much of the rainwater that gets into the source of our heart is telling us to love those things above all else. And yet God has modeled another heart for us. 
God has modeled another heart for us in his own heart, a heart that we can look to and worship and love and emulate in Jesus Christ. And in 1 Samuel chapter 2, God says, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart. God has raised up a faithful high priest in Jesus Christ. And the more we look at Jesus Christ, the more we see the content of the heart of God. The more we look at Jesus Christ, the more our contents of our hearts want to shape and shift to be like his. The more we worship and magnify Jesus, the more we desire for our mind to find him reasonable, for our emotions to find him desirable, for our will to find the way of Jesus doable. That begins in worship in lifting up Jesus, in loving Jesus, in setting our hearts ablaze for his person and his work. Jesus, that faithful high priest who mediates the heart of humanity to God and mediates the heart of God to humanity, he is calling us to follow in his steps. And that begins in the heart. Because as St. Augustine says, My love is my weight. Wherever I go, my love is what brings me there. May our hearts, church, carry us into the kingdom of Christ. May our hearts be set ablaze with renewed love for Jesus, the heart of God. And may the lifeblood of our hearts spill out as a testimony to his kingdom salvation. Let's stand and praise that Jesus together this morning.